welcome to Backstory Podcast, podcast from Real Asian International Film Festival. Uh, my name is Aram Collier. And I'm Kelly Lui. A new year. It's 2022. Oh, man. I, I don't I don't even know what year it is uh, right now. Um, how are you feeling? Happy New um, Year. <laughs> yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> um, how am I feeling? Yeah, it's yeah, it's been a, a interesting transition that I feel like. 20, the the buffer time between 2021 and 2022 didn't I don't know I didn't really uh exist yeah I think I think there's always uh, you know so our festivals in November uh it, it's nice because it ends and then there's this like lead up to the holidays and then holidays you get this kind of nice break and then and then the calendar year flips over and and it's like Ah, and then you kind of feel refreshed and um and then so I was feeling pretty good and then and then kind of started back to planning and uh it's just oh yeah uh, there's a lot to do it's very daunting um I mean that's one of the fun things about running a festival is like it's a new entity every year but I was on this panel yesterday and uh you know of other festival workers and and curators and and one of them was saying that you know it's a lot of it's really difficult it's uh it's like running a marathon and it's uh, not that i've ever trained for a marathon um but it's just like starting that training again uh, you know and so and, and it just you know the the daunting nature of pushing that that rock back up the hill to mix a whole bunch of metaphors i guess <laughs> And somehow we keep coming back to doing it every yeah. single year. Well, yeah. so, you know, one of the other things too is, is, you know, um, the, I guess, Gregorian calendar flipped over, but, uh, you know, it's, it's Lunar New Year, which uh, many people in, uh, in the Asian community celebrate. Uh, not all, uh, there are several different calendars and new years to celebrate, but, um, but lunar new year is coming up uh, February 1st. So it's kind of like this nice month of kind of like eh, sort of new years. And then I got another new year's coming up. So um, I think, I think with, with that, it's always a good opportunity to um, still do some reflecting and some projecting. So, um, so before we change over to uh, year of the tiger, um do you have any any moments from last year um and i we we can at first i was like let's talk about wins you know um but you know it doesn't have to be a win um it doesn't have to be a celebration but just like memorable moments that that you want to carry carry forth with you in this into this new year yeah i think one very memorable moment um, happened actually at the end of the year, right before everything went back to lockdown. Um, the programming team at Real Asian, for the first time in two years, we were able to meet one another in person. Yeah. So for our listeners, we actually have um, two additional programmers, June and Miriam. And June is also, uh, you know, she's based both in, so uh, wow, <laughs> 
say the proper. She's based in Seoul and in Toronto, but she's been in Seoul for most of the pandemic. So it was kind of, yeah, I was like. Well, and, and, and I mean, other than myself, like, I don't think any of the rest of the programming team had ever met June in person. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, June, if you're listening to this, I I think you make a lot of funny jokes in person. <laughs> There's a lot more opportunity for uh, you know side banter and jokes when uh, when you're in person rather than than our kind of uh, weekly weekly programming calls. But yeah, it was so nice. It was so nice to get everybody together. And, you know, it's um, that's definitely something that's memorable. It's, you know, not only the meeting, but also the opportunity to have this really great team and this, have this like continuity of like two festivals now where we've mm-hmm. been able to work together and um, just a, yeah, just like lovely people to work with. So it was really fun to stuff our faces with mm-hmm. carbs. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good transition. <laughs> Sorry, before we get to yours, I I did want to also say, um, I really, really okay. I don't know. Maybe it's a love hate relationship, but just love how that carb question is now so integrated into our identity as co-hosts of Backstory, but also as programmers at RealAsian. Um, I had a lot of fun making sure this question was asked to every single filmmaker at the festival and uh, really encouraged our short film program moderators to also ask their guests the same question. And I thought it was really, I thought it was a really simple question, but it was interesting how I got interpreted in many different ways. And we each showed our personality. Like, for example, I made the intentional choice to place noodle first <laughs> before rice. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, sorry, I had to make that very clear. And um, we had another uh, moderator who chose to not even list the four options and just ask, what is your favorite carb? And leave it to our guests to interpret it. But yeah, it was a lot of fun because we had some filmmakers who were kind of like sweating when they heard about this like (laughs) final, very divisive, difficult question. And then when they heard it, like I think a few of them just like burst out laughing for like (laughs) a moment because they're like, okay, never mind. This is not what I expected. For folks, if this is by some chance the first episode you've heard of Backstory, uh, we ask as many guests as possible uh, that if they can only choose one carbohydrate, would it be uh, rice, noodles, bread, or potatoes? And uh, the results have been uh, wide-reaching in terms of people's rationale for for their their selection of their carb of choice. Um, you know, I I also had one of one of my moments um, from this last year is related to this questionnaire too, and which really has become um, part of uh, <laughs> oddly uh, become this identifier. Um, which I don't know. I I we can talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But I, so so you had um, during the festival um, you had arranged these kind of like casual hangout things online on our discord server and um and 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 you had them themed and so one of them was to be about uh, we would discuss this 
this carb matter a little bit further. And so um, one of the moments, one of the great moments from this last year was a uh, friend of the show, Grayson, um, and also uh, a frequent guest and uh, sometimes um, agitator uh came into that event and he he made a major admission that he had been lying to Kelly about uh that he that he liked noodles when he actually uh his carb of choice was bread and so and, and he made a fair argument in that like because if you don't have bread then you can't eat cake uh so uh that's that's fair that's fair um he made a good, good argument as he as he does yeah, I <laughs> I'm still recovering <laughs> from that reveal. But, well, and he's um, trying to roll. He's trying to walk it back. Like in our yeah. in our wrap up episode, he he was trying to act like it never happened. But uh, let this episode be an archive and a and a and a history, um, and let the record be known that he lied. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you you know one thing that I uh, I I guess I the couple of things you know a lot of the time it's um, one of the fun things about writing a festival is well, especially pre COVID world is the kind of like um, kind of after hours things that you get to do and uh, you know in this COVID world we haven't been able to do nearly as many of those things and you know we were in this kind of really unique pocket in last fall where uh, we could kind of do a few in-person things. And so, um, so one of the things that we always did at Relation was you, you have uh, various, uh, various bouts of late night karaoke. And, um, and so we were able to kind of uh, do a DIY version of it. And this is what I've been dying to do for for years even like trying to set one up in my own basement at home <laughs> um uh you know i got the like the disco light and uh uh the the mixer with the reverb and uh so so we did some youtube karaoke we hooked up laptops um microphones got the reverb going um all that was missing actually you know what we had the tambourine too i think chris yes uh, chris, chris brought, brought the tambourine so we were we were set and that was a really great time and um uh really really got to but you know it it if you don't do that often uh uh, your your vocal range is just like gets shot, you know. Like it's been years since I've gone, so um, uh, well, it was a bit of a struggle to to get through some of these songs. You, you reach you reach the second chorus, you're like, oh, can't hit that note anymore. <laughs> I I will have to add, uh, it was very DIY, very fun. The light, the disco lights were held up by a recycling bin. And um, my favorite part of that night was when you were singing, I forgot which song that is playing on the radio. And Samir was like, you know that song? Yeah. <laughs> you like, know that? He's like, <laughs> he, that? Very, he was very impressed. He was like, wow, you know, like songs that are out now. I'm like, yeah, I listened to pop radio in the car. Um, anyway. Um and uh, I, I think, I think though, one of my one of my favorite moments from last year, and it was uh, years in the making, was um, we did a we had a partnership with Toronto Outdoor Picture Show in August, I think, 
uh, July or August, sometime in the summer, where uh, we showed Interstellar 5555. I don't know. Did I Five? say enough fives? Um, I think there's one more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could be wrong. 25, um, <laughs> which was the, uh, you know, um, collaboration, uh, Japanese animation, Leiji uh, Matsumoto and Daft Punk. Uh, just epic um, anime movie set to uh, a Daft Punk uh, album. And um, for people who were there uh it was really it was perfect weather it was beautiful you know canadian summers are are great and it's uh always nice to be outdoors but for folks who maybe don't know uh that was about two years in the making um from the first part of you and i joking about like hey why don't we show this someday to the point of like uh in 2020 much of the year Kelly was on a sleuthing mission to find whoever had the rights to this film. I, I maybe you could just like quickly outline some of the the lengths you went to go to. I mean, maybe it's just a lot of emails, but <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, dead end emails. But I think we just had to ask like everyone we knew. Like June had a contact who might know, so we try to go that route. And they gave us some some emails and it didn't work out. And then we were like, just like looking <laughs> at any. Well, I mean, it was tricky because it's like, oh, it's it's like a co-production Japanese and French co-production, but it's a music production, but it's a animation. And so and, and then who distributed it? And it's old, too. It's mm -hmm. 15 years old or whatever. Um, and and so some of those companies don't exist anymore. They've been part of mergers or whatever. And, uh, and just like, I think there was even a point where we were like, like finding various companies on various pages and like looking at LinkedIn pages for people who work at those companies. It's like, maybe it's this person, you know, it's just kind of like, cold emailing them on LinkedIn and it was uh but uh largely to a, a lot of your efforts you, you, we were able to find um the ability to show this film and it was so much fun and I would I would say uh most of most of all was um you and I had to do an intro a video intro and uh and then we were like oh, man I don't I don't really want to do it and then we're just like joking around. We're like, hey, let's dress up as Daft Punk and do it. So so there was like a couple of weeks of, of uh, researching how to how to make a Daft Punk helmet DIY. Um, and uh, I, I'll have to say that. Um, so so I think we, we, we settled on the costume, the wardrobe we were going to wear. Um, but then uh, we were like, oh, okay, well, we got to make the helmets somehow. Um, because there's all these, if you, if you Google DIY Daft Punk helmet, there's all these like very uh, either expensive or way too sophisticated. Uh, we didn't have enough time. And um, so I cut out some like spacey looking helmets or I found some printables of space looking helmets. And I'm so bad at crafting that like I glued it to a piece of like a, a some cardboard from a cereal box and I put it on a stick and I was and I cut it really, um, really well. 
Um, <laughs> because I'm so bad at uh, any kind of crafts. I was really proud of myself. And then meanwhile, um, you were like, yeah, you know, I'll just try to whip something together and uh, and then we'll see which one is, is better to work with. <laughs> and like, and then you made three-dimensional helmets that looked exactly like the the two artists the helmets that they wear and you did it like in a few hours and i was like oh okay we're, we're gonna use those <laughs> okay to be fair i was lucky that i found some defunct like blog some blog post about someone who made like like block versions of the helmet so i was like oh same concept just print the sides put it on cardboard and then i have a glue gun so i'll just glue it together but um it looked really good i don't know if there's i mean there's you know this is a this is an audio format uh so people just have to take our word for it but it looked exquisite so um thanks to your crafting um we had the gold chains, black gloves, everything. It looked pretty good. And then the best part is we didn't actually have to say anything. We could just put subtitles on the bottom. So that was, uh, uh, if you know, started off by saying, oh, uh, it doesn't have to be a win. But that was a win. That was two years in the making of a win. Um, that was like, uh, that was like winning the championship. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> okay, maybe not. That's a little yeah, bit. That's um, a bit much. No, it was a pretty perfect night. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. So now that's kind of like that's looking back. Um, so let's look forward a little bit. Um, and not necessarily looking forward to this festival year. Obviously, we are looking forward to it and the things that um, uh, we want to do this year. But um, I don't know what's going to happen this year, <laughs> both uh, logistically and then that's always the surprise of programming is what's going to emerge, right? Um, but do you have any... Uh, but in the, in the sense of Lunar New Year, um, what are some what are some things that you're thinking about? And actually, I think you have something that you wanted to read as well. Oh, but I was just thinking, it was like, oh, Aram, do you, do we want to reveal our Zodiac? Because that would just give away our age. Is that something we want to do? <laughs> I mean, if you go back to season one, I talk, I think I talked about I saw Karate Kid Part Two in a movie theater, so it's like you know, <laughs> I'm true. I'm kind of uh, you know, I, I'm already outed, but uh, um, it's, it's up to you. Okay, well, Aram and I share the same zodiac, and for the record, um, I know but we are not online, the same age. <laughs> we are not the same age. Uh, no, I was going to say actually, if you search up my. Uh, birthday a lot of the websites will say i'm actually a different zodiac oh what i know it they're wrong like you're like, on the cusp or something yeah i'm on the cusp but of like uh horse and sheep oh mm -hmm. interesting 
but I am a sheep and I refuse to be a horse. I am not a horse girl. I've <laughs> never been one and I refuse to be one. Wow. You don't like horses. Eh? I do not like horses. Yeah, I do not like them. I mean, they're kind of nice to look at, but no, not one. Like the um, animal or Zodiac people horses? Uh, a little bit of... Oh, um, well, not to well, anger. Well, yeah, watch what I say. I think it's just not right for me. When I read about a sheep and um, I read about the personalities of a sh- uh, of someone who is in the sheep zodiac, that sounds like me. But I think a horse, no, that's not a right fit. So, <laughs> okay, but, so- sorry, I, I do like to read both because like, who knows? Sometimes there's like something better. <laughs> And the other zodiacs. Well, that's always the fun of the zodiac is like uh, any kind of zodiac, whether it's Western one or or mm-hmm. um, or or this one. You get you get to um, you get to pick and choose, or, or um, what's the you know you just get to pick whatever you like from it. Yeah, take what you want. So um, today we will be listening from uh, I guess the <laughs> predictions of Master Sai. For the year of the black water tiger. And this is for all you sheeps out there. Um, <laughs> I guess, do I just read it word for word? Um, uh, part of it, I guess. We could always drop yeah. a link too. Yeah, we can drop the link. But I think just overall, um, as sheep, we are afraid of tigers, but the tigers like us. So we just have to follow the guide of our mentor, the tiger. And we'll see the road to our success. I, I, I'm reading that that I think it's going to be a pretty good year for us. I um, hope so. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a really good year for us in terms of career, <laughs> wealth, and love, because those are clearly the three most important things that we need. Um, I don't see much about health, <laughs> but <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, we don't have very big health issues, so I think that's fine. And we don't have to worry too much about quarreling because the tiger and the sheep get well together, get along together. And 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 I think they they mean like the the year has the characteristics of a tiger. It's not tiger mm-hmm. people, right? <laughs> yes. No. 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 You don't need to find the tiger of your life <laughs> to be your mentor. <laughs> yeah, the year itself. You just yeah. I guess it's like the year will prime itself and you just need to take its take its lead and it'll take right. you to the path of wealth. <laughs> All right. So do do you do you have any uh uh lunar new year traditions or um it's not really a resolution kind of new year thing but do you have anything that you um like are fond of when you think of lunar new year? Yeah, I think for me, the the big one is always like calling our relatives. Um, and because like growing up, I had two brothers. Um, I think the placement and who gets to <laughs> share their Lunar New Year wishes first or strategically second um, <laughs> is most preferred. You don't want to be last because like then you don't know what else to say to someone. Um mm-hmm. And this is also because we're trying to say it in Chinese and uh, we grew up, uh, you know, 
with Cantonese as our second language. So um, it is a struggle. You're kind of repeating the same things. Mm -hmm. So being second is like ideal. Oh, it's a good position to be in, huh? Yeah. 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 You don't have to like remember right off the bat, but kind of get to say a few new phrases before (laughs) the last one goes (laughs) yeah um i i think uh i think so this kind of relates to our carbs like it's like uh refreshing the rice you know like Mm -hmm. um i was thinking about that because so so one thing is like oh you you get new rice you start with new rice (laughs) I I don't know what that signifies. I guess I don't, probably uh, abundance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And uh, uh, I was just thinking about that because both of my I, I I have like several different types of rice, and they're all kind of like dwindling down to the point like, oh, I need to buy new ones. This is timed perfectly because like I. I, I'm not down with like uh, getting new rice, but then you have a whole bunch of old rice. Like, what are you supposed to do with the old rice? Mm. Like, you still got to eat it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, so everything is working out perfectly, um, which I guess <laughs> is very auspicious. Um, uh, the other thing is, um, so I don't, I don't know about you, but I was raised that uh, you receive red envelopes and that it would be bad luck if you threw them out. Um, and no, you're nodding. No, yeah, that's, no. that's not something you ever, t- you just tossed them, huh? Okay. I don't toss things because I'm a very sentimental person, but I was told to not keep them. Like I, I don't, I, or it was never said to keep them or not. Huh, okay. Well, I mean, I think I just maybe inferred that like, oh, <laughs> I better keep this. <laughs> so, so I got to the point where I kind of like, um collected them and not not collected them but just like i would just they would just like uh accumulate you know and i liked uh looking at them um like when i mean they were just the kind of like standard ones that whoever family would get just from chinatown like the multi-packs and you know they have the like kind of cool like gold gold leaf on it and like you know uh fat kids uh on it or like two fish or whatever. And I just loved uh, looking at all those, like all the iconography and, and I was really into baseball cards growing up. And so this was almost like, uh, like, like red envelope baseball card collecting. Um, but I have to say, I, I have a little bit of a bone to pick because um, a lot of uh, uh, brands and corporations are getting in on this and like making their own and, and, you know, um, I mean, it was always the case. Uh, a lot of banks would make these and just give it to customers. And and so, you know, half the ones that you would get from your relatives would say like bank of whatever, you know? <laughs> so it's not like it's new, but like, I guess I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just a little bit miffed because um, I, I did this, uh, this hybrid project uh, years ago that was a, a film and paper craft project where we made our own red envelopes too. And there was this whole like narrative that was like tied to the film um, about uh, red envelope collecting, which doesn't exist. And, and then uh, so, and in the end, you know, the project was very under-resourced, so we didn't, we didn't make very many, but now there's all these, like uh, all these uh, really elaborate envelopes being made now too, by, by major brands and corporations. So, so I'm, I'm kind of annoyed. I'm going really off topic, but, um, but 
Yeah, red envelopes. I love them. Um, okay. But we need to know how many are you've collected to this point and if you have one that sticks out to you. Or oh. what do you look now when you collect? Oh, okay. Um, oh, some of my favorite ones. Um, so I, I probably, like, if you're thinking about, like, unique ones, I, I would say at least 100 unique ones. Um, oh. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite ones is, uh, you know, there's a... Um, there's a condensed milk brand yeah. here. Here I am like railing against brands, but one of my favorite <laughs> ones is like this condensed milk brand where it's like the, uh, I think it's like a Buddha sitting on a cow. Oh and my God. I have this condensed milk somewhere. In my so, room. And, and, and it's like a, it's a, um, it's a red envelope with that on it, which oh I God. love. And it has like, it has Chinese, it has English, it has Vietnamese. It's the, it's, I love that. I love that one. Um, uh, my friend from Malaysia uh, gave me some that are green uh, because uh, some of the um, uh, Muslim populations also use uh, green envelopes to gift money as well. So, so that was really cool to see how like the traditions could uh, um, kind of go across communities. And um, and I think one of the one of the ones um, uh, another friend uh, visited. Family in Hong Kong and came back and it was like, um, and it was like, uh, uh, this is so bad to do in an audio format, but you know, you you like you could pull it and it would like change the image or something. You know, it has like the like lenticular um, kind of like vertical bars, and you would pull it and it would like change the picture. And like it's like amazing stuff like that. So, um, and then, and then when I went to Taiwan, I think I picked up some fabric ones, uh, wow. ones that are made out of fabric. And, um, so there's just, there's just like, uh, uh, amazing possibilities in these, like in these rectangles. So, um, okay. and, and as I'll say, the last thing, um, is, uh, um, uh, as part of this project that I did years ago, uh, we, um, one of the characters in the film was like somebody who was very cheap. And so uh, they, they made envelopes that were uh, specifically for, for Canada. And uh, because, and, and so it's, it's a tiny pocket that's round on the bottom <laughs> so that you can put a coin in it. Right. <laughs> because, yeah. cause like, <laughs> you know, if you're going to put a, put a dollar bill, you have to, that's a $5 minimum. Um, yeah. But with this rounded, uh, the misers envelope, uh, um, you can do a loony or a toonie. So, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the inscription on it is, uh, is, a is in Chinese idiom. That means basically like, uh, I have nothing. So, <laughs> oh. okay. You know what? That's still better than the lunar new year candies that we would get in there. Oh, those ones in the red pocket and yeah, the sh those aren't I bad. I don't really, I don't even know what flavor that is. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's uh it's all the leftover candy and they mixed it together <laughs> <laughs> melted it down and mixed it together for sure yeah. uh. so so you know just to to wrap up like the kind of like looking back and looking forward i want to ask you a serious question all right um we have many fond memories of um this carbohydrate conversation um but also, uh, <laughs> you and I have had our fair share of uh, heated disputes, uh, sometimes over chat, uh, where we need to uh, take a time out and a cooling off period. <laughs> um, because I don't know what it is. You just antagonize 
me to the point where <laughs> I feel like I really have to dig in and that like only eat rice now. Um, so my question is, uh, is it time to put this carb dispute uh, uh, to call a truce on this? Yeah, you know, like I think with 2022, thinking about renewal, I think about reset. Yeah, I think, you know what? I'm also just tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really tired by it. Um, I think it's also if, you know, you're just sharing how I, I guess like, you know, what I what I bring to the table with noodles kind of encourages you to um, fight back with rice. And I will have to admit as well, like I, I almost feel like I have to <laughs> give a response every time. And yeah, I am a little bit tired by it now. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, that's actually nice to hear that um, you've been feeling like you, you've, you've had to fight. And uh, maybe it's time for it to rest. And uh, um, however, we can let the listeners <laughs> let us know if they want us to continue this dispute. Um, but for now, um, uh, we're we're going to have a spirit of of uh, openness and collaboration. And um, and and I think at one point in in just to go back to that um, that. Uh, casual session uh great grayson's admission was uh jen our uh our producer um mentioned uh the the existence of dishes that are double carbs uh triple carbs and uh all in one so um you know there's uh there's room for more than one carb for all of us yeah and <laughs> we can live very complex and nuanced carb <laughs> relationships. Thanks for listening to this episode of Backstory Podcast, presented by the Toronto Real Asian International Film Festival. This episode was written and hosted by Kelly Loy and Aaron Collier. For more information about the show and the festival, please visit us at our website at realasian.com. And as always, you can write to us at backstory at relation.com.